Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size inclusive fitness specialist and certified non diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight neutral, health at every size aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Well, hey there, friend, and welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show. If you're new here, I'm so glad you found this podcast. Welcome. I'm Kim Hegel, your host, personal trainer and registered holistic nutritionist on a mission to help women who feel unmotivated to discover what moves them through intuitive movement, eating, and mindset coaching so they can find peace with food, joyful movement, and feel confident in their now body. So I am so excited about this episode. This is episode 53, and we're calling this Why You Struggle to Eat Healthy. It's also part one of a five-part series that I am titling How to Eat Normally. So throughout the month of November, I'm doing a five-part series all about a relationship to food. Over these next five weeks, I want to help you explore why you feel so anxious and controlled by food and help you stop worrying and obsessing about what you eat and how it will affect your health and weight so that you can regain body trust and food freedom by practicing intuitive eating. On this first episode in the series, we're going to talk about why it feels so hard to eat healthy. If you've ever found yourself trying really hard to be, quote, good with food all week, but then find yourself binging on the weekends, this one is for you. And then next week, we'll talk all about intuitive eating, which is an evidence-based approach to eating that's all about trusting your body to know what it needs, how much, and when, and how it can help you find peace with food and achieve health without rules and restriction. Then part three on November 16th, we're going to talk all about the fears and concerns and myths that women have when letting go of food rules and restriction in order to embrace intuitive eating and how to mitigate those to make a smoother transition and find what works for you. Part four on November 23rd will be an interview with a client of mine who will share her own intuitive eating journey and how her relationship to food and her body image and her health have changed after years of dieting. And then on November 30th, part five, we're going to talk about how to confidently navigate holiday eating and drinking so that you don't need a New Year's reset on January 1st. I really hope you're as excited about this series as I am. On this show, we really tend to keep most of our focus on movement. And from time to time, we'll bring in little pieces of nutrition and body image because, of course, they all go hand in hand. But I'm looking forward to diving a little deeper on the subject of food and eating because it really is so intertwined. I mean, if we struggle to feel motivated and consistent with exercise, it's not shocking that we'd also struggle with our relationship to food as well. I get a lot of questions in my DMs about both, and it only makes sense that we address both because they're both equally important pieces to work on if we want to feel our best and learn to accept our now body. 
Learning about intuitive eating has been a game game changer in my own personal undieting journey and also for the women I've worked with. So I'm excited to share this with you because I know it's going to help you too. All right, so let's dive in. Let's start by talking about why it feels so hard to just eat healthy. And I put healthy in air quotes here because that's really kind of hard to define and it means something different to everyone. But I mean, eating well doesn't seem like it should be that hard, right? On the surface level, no matter what style of eating you subscribe to, whether it's Canada's Food Guide or the USDA MyPlate or any other lifestyle, on the surface, they all seem simple enough. You follow the system, you eat this, you avoid that, and the idea is that you feel great and healthy for life. And yet we struggle so hard. Here's a few examples of what I see often, and most of these I've experienced myself in the past. One, where we try to stay on plan all day and maybe even even eating a little less so that we can afford a treat at night, but then a nibble soon turns into a feast. Or number two, being so disciplined, avoiding all the sugar, the flour, and the refined foods all week long. But then the weekend turns into a free-for-all, and by the time Monday comes, you feel like you need a detox. Or number three, we plan out our meals and prep food in advance because you know that if you don't have the, quote, healthy foods at the ready, you'll eat nothing but, quote, junk. Or number four, you go out with your friends and do your very best to choose something on plan from the menu, but then you find yourself feeling jealous of your friends eating all your forbidden foods, so you end up hitting the drive through for fries on your way home. Or number five, you feel like you've got everything under control with your eating until something happens at work or you have a fight with your spouse. And then you find yourself just saying, screw it, and justifying why you deserve to eat the whole pint of ice cream. And in all of these situations, feelings of guilt and often shame ensue. We feel really bad about ourselves for engaging in this kind of behavior when we know better and we know it's not good for us and it doesn't make us feel well when we do it. All we want is to be healthy, and yet we keep making these so called bad choices. And we feel like we're a failure or there's something wrong with us because we just can't seem to figure this out. We become really hard on ourselves, saying things like, I was bad last weekend, so I have to tighten up this week, or I can't allow myself to have that, or I'll lose control, or maybe I need to follow a meal plan so there's just no room for me to make decisions that are going to be wrong. We tighten up our food rules even more, thinking we need more discipline so we won't screw this up again. If you've ever felt this way, I want to make very clear that this is not your fault. You have not failed and there's not something wrong with you. And you most certainly are not alone in your struggle. It might not be that common to talk about these struggles in day-to-day conversation, But I get the privilege of talking to a lot of women in private, and trust me when I say these struggles are very universal. So let me tell you why this is happening to you. Your out-of-control feeling around food is actually coming from trying to control yourself and your eating. In all of these situations, your healthy eating actually involves restriction. 
And our body does not like to be restricted. So I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. But first, let's clarify some language. I talk here on the show a lot about dieting, but I really shouldn't use that term, or at least I should clarify what I mean by it. Because everyone knows these days that diets don't work and nobody does them anymore. Most people think of diets as the old-fashioned Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig where you counted calories and macros or weighed and measured food and things like that. Very precise and numbers-driven. And I don't tend to see a lot of that anymore. And since that's how most people define dieting, then it makes sense that almost everyone would say they've never been on a diet. But many will say that they follow a certain lifestyle or that they tried to follow one but got off track. Generally, when we're talking about a, quote, lifestyle, we don't necessarily count calories or macros, and we don't always weigh or measure things, but we follow a set of food rules. Certain foods are allowed and others aren't, such as keto or Whole30 that limit carbs. Or we might have rules about how we combine foods, such as always placing a carb with a fat or a protein, for example, Or we have set times of the day that we eat. Meals and snacks are at prescribed times. And perhaps there's a narrow window in the day where we can eat, such as in intermittent fasting. It can also look like avoiding food groups like gluten or dairy or meat or some other food group, even though we don't have an intolerance just because we think it's bad for us. And then still others will say they don't have any food rules and they don't count calories, but they just, quote, eat clean or watch their portions or maybe have shakes for breakfast and lunch and then eat a sensible dinner. Typically in this situation, we label foods as good or bad and try our best to stick to what we call good foods, but not too much of it. So no matter what you call it, in some way, shape or form, almost everyone is watching what they eat. We're all trying to live our healthiest lives by restricting food in some way. And further to that, for the most part, we're using our weight as the measuring system to judge whether our healthy eating plan is working or not. Even though the biggest reason people cite for watching what they eat is for their health, they're not actually measuring health when evaluating whether their eating plan is serving them. They're measuring their pant size or the number on the scale. And we've talked a number of times on here about how those two things are not the same. Health and weight are not synonyms. Health is a really broad term that means something different to everyone. But even the WHO, the World Health Organization, defines health as an overall state of physical, emotional, and mental well-being and not merely the absence of disease. Even they don't bring weight into the equation when defining health. Like I say, health has a different meaning to everyone, and I think a great first step is defining what it means to you, but also acknowledge that health is a result of your habits, not the number on the scale. But unfortunately, what I see and hear all the time is people attempting to control their weight to be healthy, and oftentimes there's nothing actually unhealthy about them in the first place. The vast majority of women I work with, and this was me as well in my past, are being strict with food out of fear of being unhealthy. But the real fear is weight gain and the belief that if you gain weight, something terrible is going to happen to you. So I guess the first point I want to make today is to be really honest about why you're doing what you're doing and get really clear about what health means to you 
and exactly how your habits are helping you achieve that. But secondly, the most important point that I want to make here is that, of course, we all want to do whatever we can to be healthy and feel and function our best. There is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to take care of yourself and do whatever is within your means to achieve whatever your optimal state of well-being is. I'll also preface that to say that there are a lot of barriers to accessing those things and not everyone has the means or the financial security to attain such things. So it's a privilege to even be having this conversation. But where watching what you eat to achieve a state of health is so problematic and why we have so much trouble sticking to our well-set plans is because of restriction. So whether you actually diet and count calories and macros, or you follow a lifestyle that omits certain foods or food groups, labeling them as good or bad or on or off plan, or whether you just try to eat, quote, clean and manage your portions, all of these involve restricting food in some way. And that's exactly where we run into trouble, because our brain and body do not like to feel restricted. You see, our brain cannot tell the difference between true famine or starvation and imposed restriction for the sake of weight loss. Our bodies need adequate nutrients, and that includes the micronutrients like vitamins and minerals and the macronutrients like carbs, fat, and protein. And we need all of them, and we need enough calories to fuel the activities we do in life. Now, we are super resilient creatures. We are built to survive, which is amazing. We can go something like 40 days without food as long as we have access to water. But that doesn't mean we should. That's why we're actually equipped with willpower so that if we're in a true famine or survival situation, we can rely on our mental strength to get through it. But willpower isn't meant to be used for our whole life. It's not meant to last. It's a short-term survival tactic employed by the brain to survive a seriously stressful event. And how you eat day-to-day -day for the rest of your life is not meant to be a constant battle between body and brain. But yet we try to employ willpower to combat our cravings, and eventually we can't, and we cave. And when we cave, we usually end up binging and having way more than we wanted or intended and often don't feel well after. Therefore, concluding that whatever the food was that we binged on doesn't agree with us and then respond by tightening up the restriction even more. And that's where you find yourself on what's known as the binge restrict cycle. Yep, it's a real thing and it's not your fault. What's happening does not mean that you have no self-control or that you need more structure and discipline or that you need more strict food rules so you don't get tempted. What's happening is purely a result of your amazing, miraculous biology at work. Your body is wired not just to survive, but to thrive. And it is equipped with internal mechanisms to ensure that it gets everything it needs to feel and function its best. So when food is restricted and our body senses famine, cravings developed. Now, you can use willpower to withstand those for a certain amount of time, but your brain is actually pretty smart, and it gets confused by the messaging you're sending. It's like your brain is thinking, food seems scarce, there's not enough, and yet food is all around. Oh, look, a drive through And it will stop at nothing to get what it needs. Biology will always win, and it will win big. 
Hence the binge or overindulging or that out of control feeling. And depending on your history with restriction, the more often you do it, or the more strictly you try to control, the bigger the resultant feast will be. Like I said, our body is wired for survival. So if your history is to tighten up the reins or do a strict reset after a binge, your body knows that another famine is coming and it will do whatever it can to stockpile what it needs to survive the next one. That's where you find yourself feeling like this is getting worse and worse. The harder you try to eat healthy, the more you find yourself going off the rails. Can you identify with this at all? I know when this concept was first explained to me, it was like the light bulb finally clicked on and it just made so much sense. Now, before I talk about how to get off this never-ending cycle, I just want to touch on one more thing, which is the concept of mental restriction. And this is a really sneaky little culprit. What mental restriction means is that you allow yourself to eat all the foods. You don't restrict calories or food groups. You allow all of the things. Maybe you're trying to break up with dieting, but in your mind, you're still labeling foods as good or bad. Or you tell yourself that you're eating too much. Or you might say, well, I really shouldn't have that, but you do anyway. That's what we call mental restriction, and it works exactly the same way as actually restricting what you eat. The brain still hears, this is bad, this is wrong, and then think, she's not going to let me keep having it, so I better eat up. And sometimes there's a bit of rebellion at play here, too, which is also just our instinct. Whenever we're told that something is bad or we shouldn't do it, there's a natural desire to say, screw that, I'll do what I want. Bottom line, both actual restriction and mental restriction have the same result, binging. So how do you get off the binge restrict cycle? Well, if you want to stop one, you got to stop the other. If you don't want to binge, you don't need more control. You actually need a whole lot less. In fact, you need to let go of restriction altogether and give yourself unconditional permission to eat. Any food, any time, any amount, for any reason. I'm pretty sure I just heard the collective gasp from all of you listening, and I get it. This is a super scary suggestion, and I absolutely understand what you're thinking right now, which is if I don't watch what I eat or manage my portions or avoid sugar or whatever your thing is, I'll never stop eating. If I have free reign to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, I'd have nothing but pizza and wine. That's what I thought when I first learned about this. And here's the thing. At first, you will eat a lot of those things. I ate a lot of pizza and wine at the start of COVID when I first started practicing intuitive eating. And I still enjoy those things. But I also enjoy vegetables and fruit and whole grains and all kinds of delicious, nutritious foods. In fact, I'd say overall, I eat a really well-balanced, nutritious diet. And I'm quite confident that you will too. Remember when I said how miraculous our bodies are and how they are designed to help us not just survive, but to thrive? Well, that means that when we trust this about our body, and instead of trying to micromanage everything and just let our body work, it does work. It has internal mechanisms to let us know when we're hungry and full, and we're even equipped with satisfaction signals, and that's where our body seeks out the different types of foods it needs to achieve balance and optimal functioning. It definitely takes time and patience to return to this place of body trust. I think of it kind of like a pendulum swing. 
right now, if you're strictly controlling food, and then if you stop doing that, there's going to be a huge swing in the other direction where you'll find yourself eating an awful lot of your previously forbidden foods. But eventually, with time and practice, following the principles of intuitive eating, eventually that pendulum swing becomes less and less. Eventually, as you give yourself full permission to eat, food loses its power over you. You become habituated to those triggering foods and they become no more interesting than a stalk of celery. For example, I never used to keep jujubes in my house because I love them and in a weak moment I would eat them in droves. Now, I never don't have them in the house and if I feel like having some, I do. No guilt, no shame, I just grab a few and move on. And often when I have them, I find out they're stale because they've been in the cupboard so long. That was never possible for me before intuitive eating. So, if you've been finding your str- yourself struggling to eat healthy and keep finding yourself, quote, cheating or binging, then I have three pieces of advice for you. One, get really clear on what healthy actually means to you and ask yourself whether the way you're trying to eat is really about health or are you equating health with weight. Number two, take an honest look at how you're restricting food and see where you can give yourself permission to eat. Now, I do not recommend doing this all at once. That can be a huge shock to the system and it would feel really overwhelming. So take it a little at a time. Maybe start with one particular food that you've been avoiding and create a really safe and mindful eating experience with it where you're fully present with the food, noticing how it tastes and smells, how you feel when you eat it. Go slow and savor and have as much as you need to feel satisfied and then stop when it no longer tastes amazing. Or alternatively, keep all your food rules for now and just start by honoring your hunger and eat enough to feel full and start to rebuild that body trust that you will eat enough to feel satisfied. Tip number three is to learn about intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is an evidence-based approach to food and health developed by two registered dietitians. There is a book out there that you can buy. It is called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. Intuitive eating has nothing to do with diets, meal plans, discipline, or willpower. It teaches you how to get in touch with your body cues like hunger, fullness, and satisfaction while learning to trust your body around food again. Rather than rules and shoulds and should nots, intuitive eating has 10 guiding principles which will help you make peace with food so that you can eat normally without so much worry and wondering if you're doing things right. So on that note, next week's episode we'll dive deeper into these 10 principles. We'll talk about what intuitive eating is and what it isn't. A lot of people think it's just the eat anything diet and that's a real myth. It also gets known as the hunger and fullness diet, which is also not what it is. So we'll dispel some of that and the other myths and get into how this way of eating can help you find that balance and food freedom that you crave. I really hope that was helpful for you, my friend. There is so much to this topic, and even though this is a five-part series, there is still a lot of information and so many nuances to all of this. It can feel like a lot to figure out, and it can be overwhelming when it's so countercultural in our world that's obsessed with weight and watching what we eat. So know that I've got your back, and I'm working on something special to support you if you feel like you would like to learn intuitive eating, but it seems like too much to do on your own. 
If that's you, then I encourage you to get on my email list because I will have something available to help you very soon and you'll be the first to know about it if you're one of my email subscribers. So you can do that by going to my website, radiantvitality.ca and taking the pop-up quiz, what kind of eater are you? Which will also provide you with a few specific tips and tricks to get you started based on your unique food struggles. And by all means, don't hesitate to send me your questions and comments. I do respond to each one and I'm happy to do that. So feel free to DM me on social media or you can email me. Finally, if you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and share it on your social media? Be sure to tag me at Radiant Vitality Wellness so I can thank you. And if you've got an extra minute, please go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well, which is so super helpful in getting this message in the ears of the women who need it. So thank you so much for spending time with me today here, friend. I will see you back here next Monday with part two in the series. In the meantime, be well, and here's to your radiant vitality. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation, and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.